Universal Q, your guide to the comic book multiverse. Now in podcast form. I'm Luke. Now I'm Devin. And today we're going to get medieval on your ass and get a Danish with our favorite team of universe hopping heroes. The Exiles. So what happened the last time with the Exiles? They they yelled at the Fantastic Four because name Oh yes, with Ego team. the Living Planet. Basically, I, um, the big reveal at the end is Reed Richards says, do not trust the Timebreaker. No, the Celestial said that. Oh, yeah, the Celestial yeah. said that. Because if you're unfamiliar with the Exiles and you don't want to listen to all of the previous episodes we've done, uh, the Exiles are a team consisting of Blink, Morph, Mimic, Sasquatch, Namora, and oh yeah, Beak, <laughs> the most forgettable member of the team. <laughs> I was widely gesturing to uh, Devin across our G chat. Oh, so I was just like, who the hell even is that last person? <laughs> yeah, and uh, they are given missions via something called the Talus by a being called the Time Broker. Uh, so him being referred to as the Time Breaker and then being told not to trust him is weird because he's the manifestation of all of their consciousness. This is... Things aren't looking so good, potentially, for their future. Yep. But the uh, first issue that we are covering today is a one-shot called Rube Goldberg. And it was written by our current writer, Tony Bedard, with art by Mizuki Sakakabara, with colors by JC and letters by Dave Sharp. And, yeah, the Exiles have been sent to uh, buy the last cheese Danish in a very specific bakery called the Bagel Hole, which raises questions on why the Bagel Hole would have Danishes and it looks more of like a like fancy pastry shop instead of an actual bakery. Mm-hmm. But, oh, yeah, no, it, looks, it looks way fa- too fancy for the man who runs that place. Yeah, like, he is a big jerk. And, like, I, I'm expecting something more hole-in-the-wall than we're getting here. Yeah, but, he looks like the stereotypical, like, butcher in, like, TV shows. Mm-hmm. But that may have been just, like, an art miscommunication. Uh, if, yeah. like, the Kakabara was less familiar with American bakeries. So, you basically got these really weird-looking people milling outside the store, and one of the regulars named Rube Goldberg walks by without getting his normal Danish. And they keep bringing up the whole, like, butterfly flapping its wing, or its wings causing a hurricane on the other side of the world. Or Namora talking about the seahorse flapping it. Like a tsunami. Yeah. 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 I liked that bit. I did, too. And also Morph decides it's an appropriate time to turn into Donut-Headed Homer from the Treehouse of Horror special, where his head becomes a donut after making the deal with the devil. Which I have a feeling Tony Bedard probably put into the script. Like, if it was Jim Calafior, I would have expected him to put that in himself, but uh, considering our conversation about the bagel hole and its discrepancy of how it looks... I'm saying Bedard did that. Yeah. Well, basically, everything works out for Mimic in this universe because he's the one member of the team who gets to eat said Danish. Yep. And as soon as he's eaten it, they've teleported away, which ends up setting off the course of events that they were sent here to do. 
uh, Rube Goldberg ends up coming back in, but because the last Danish was eaten, he decides that instead of shooting up his work, he's going to shoot up this bakery. Well, and it's also because the police arrived because the owner called it on. Yeah. And, them, and, he'd, and now Rube thinks that the owner was knows that he was going to go shoot up his work. Yeah. Meanwhile, Daredevil is dealing with Dr. Collier, who he keeps calling Dr. Collins on accident, who has created a smog bomb. It's essentially a nanospore that controls the weather, and he's threatening to release it. Because the police showed up at the donut hole, Rube Goldberg ends up shooting one of them, which gets Daredevil called away. Because it's like, oh, uh, Thor will be here, I've, I've got to go help these police. So Collier ends up releasing his smog bomb. Thor shows up, and because his Mjolnir can control the weather, he tries to control the smog, but instead it causes it to expand worldwide. And luckily that happened, because at the same time, Deathbird shows up ready to destroy everything. But because they've already released the smog, she thinks that the world's like, now a crap hole, so she's like, well, screw it. Also, one of you needs to go find out who the hell told the humans I was coming to destroy them. They're in trouble. Yeah, she is going to turn the uh, entire planet into her pleasure world. Yes. Luckily, the uh, entire smog is going to vanish in about three days, which would theoretically give them, like, more problems in the future, unless, like, Deathbird is like, eh, let's find another planet. Yeah. And thus, by buying the last cheese Danish... Mimic saved the world. Yep. Good job, Mimic. And it, it's a, like, very fun short story. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good issue. <laughs> I considered uh, doing this with the last episode, but I think we needed something brighter to start this one, and it would have been weird tailing that last arc with uh, purchasing food. Yes. And then our second story is called Bump in the Night, and it runs from Exiles 55 through 57. Uh, this time, the art was by Jim Calafior, with Mark McKenna on the inks, and colors once again by JC, with letters by Dave Sharp, and it was still written by Tony Bedard. So at the end of the last issue, you saw the Exiles teleport into this medieval world, and then all of a sudden, all of their clothes changed into medieval worlds. And previously, there was a story in Uncanny X-Men, numbers 190 through 191. Rachel and Miles ended up doing an episode on this completely, so if you don't want to... Well, if you don't want to read the two issues, it's actually longer to listen to the Rachel and Miles episode, but they have a lot of fun commentary in it. We'll link, that, we'll link to that in the show notes. But pretty much, uh, there's a villain named Kulan Gath, who's an enemy of Conan when Marvel published Conan comics, and Spider-Man. And he magically uh, casts a spell that turns anyone into New York into their Conan Times equivalent. No one remembers any differently, except, except for... Spider-Man. Yeah, except for Spider-Man, because Kulan Gath hates the man-spider, as he keeps calling him. So he wants him to remember what his life could have been. If he was born, like, thousands of years ago. Yep. And so anyone who magically wanders through the force field around New York City gets transformed and forgets who they were. And the government's actually, like, aware of this. Like, they're rerouting planes and all this stuff. Uh, with Kulan Gath in charge, the Morlocks and uh, Callisto are his enforcers. 
He transforms some of the new mutants into super monsters. Uh, the one other person unaffected by this is Warlock, who is a mechanical man. Uh, he also merged together Professor X and Caliban into this worm monster that's able to track down mutants. And Amara, who is... Oh, I'm blanking on her name. Oh, Magma. Magma mm -hmm. and Rachel Gray uh, had meanwhile been coming after Selene, the Black Queen of the Hellfire Club, who has magic. And Selene also knows that something is up here. So she gets a bunch of heroes united. A lot of people die. And at the end of it, Doctor Strange is able to rewind time so that this never happened. But, Thank you, Doctor Strange. Yeah, which is good because, like, you lost a lot of people. And there was some really neat stuff, like Rogue somehow is this green stone monster. Colossus has devil horns. Yeah, his, uh, and Scarlet Witch has not changed at all. Yeah. And you also get, like, Barbarian Captain America. Uh... Aurora, uh, Storm, and Callisto have some really, really subtextual fighting. So, good times are had all around in that yeah, classic Yeah, there was good two issues. Yeah. And so now the Exiles have wandered into this world. They've just been transformed. And we find out later that night that the city is now under curfew with the threat of murder from the guards and also Wendigo. Hi, James! Uh, his master, Morbius, who is a full vampire monster thing who wears no pants at all. Nope. His dick is just constantly, like, shadowed out. Well, you don't need to when you're a scary vampire of the night. And then the captain of the guard, Werewolf by Night, who ended up replacing Callisto. And our exiles have essentially become a role-playing game party. Because they have, like, no backstory at all. Like, they have no idea why they're here. They just know who they are and that they're supposed to do something. Yep. Uh, they've been selling off Demora's jewelry to basically have a place at the inn. And Heather, who is normally Sasquatch, has been feeling really, really sick. Meanwhile, in the tavern where they are staying, a red and blue garbed man is watching them. And when they go to sleep at night, he sneaks into their room because he is... Spider-Man. And he, like, they, uh, they started attacking him because he really should have found a better way to approach them, but, you know, it's superhero logic. And he ends up explaining, or he ends up trying to explain things to them, pointing out they have no idea how they met, and a few other things, and they're like, okay, I guess we can believe you. And he ends up explaining what happened differently in this world. Uh, the spell got slightly expanded, and so other people were being brought into the world. So when Kulan Gath tried to transform Johnny Blaze, who is the Ghost Rider, he ended up freeing the spirit Zarathos inside him, which stole Kulan Gath's magic gem that contains the majority of his essence and magical powers. And now Zarathos is in charge of the entire world with his team of super monsters. Mm -hmm. Because everyone with, like, a crazy mystical, like, monster essentially inside of them has now been, like, exponentially increased in power. Mm-hmm. And Zarathos wants to get Kulan Geth back so he can use his magic to expand the spell worldwide. 
Unfortunately, Wendigo ate the Caliban Xavier worm monster, so they haven't been able to find him yet. Which, that sounds like something James would do. Mm-hmm. So Spider-Man ends up leading the Exiles under the sewers, where they meet his associate, Magic. Which, you can tell they really don't remember anything from the past, because they'd be like, Hell no, we are working with Magic again. Mm-hmm. But because of her Soul Sword's magic qualities, uh, when she attacks them, she's able to return them back to their normal mindset. Whenever they did get transformed back into their normal selves, none of them actually were like, ugh, it's magic. Yeah, I, I guess they're like, we know who we're going to have to work with. And the yeah. other person. I assume one of them would like make a comment at least, though. Yeah. Well, and then the other person they are going to work with is the evil wizard, Kulam Gath. Oh no. And the big difference here between the Uncanny X-Men series and this one. When Magic hits them with their sword, they all go back to their normal costumes. But back in Uncanny X-Men, they stayed in their super slick medieval costumes. Yep. That's an important piece of information I think the listeners should know. Another important in- piece of information that the listeners should know is that Heather is still sick even after being hit. And the weird thing is that even though she is Sasquatch, she gained her powers through a scientific accident, and not magic, which is really weird. I agree. She's also having feelings that she should not turn into her Sasquatch form. Yes. Uh, Kula and Gath explains that they need to steal the gem back, that way they can fix the world. And the reason that Morbius and Werewolf Finite and all the other magic characters are so strong is that this world just makes magic stuff stronger. So, Captain of the Guard, Werewolf by Night, ends up showing up in the inn where the Exiles had stayed, and he summons Selene, the Black Queen, who is now going to go after the Exiles. And the Exiles have, like, planned their attack during the day, since that's when everyone should be weakened, because they're fighting a werewolf, a uh, vampire, and the vampire's pet, Wendigo. So, uh, like, at least they're putting some logic into this thing. Mm-hmm. Zarathos also sleeps during the day, but only by choice. Mm-hmm. And so, Nomura, Morph, and Mimic get into a fight with Captain America, Thor, the Scarlet Witch, and Storm. When, like, Selene just shows up, and she takes out all the people who are working for Zarathos. Meanwhile, Zarathos has realized that Werewolf by Night has been betraying him, and starts to penance-stare him. But while he's doing this, Blink steals the necklace away from him before Spider-Man knocks her out, because Spider-Man was actually Kulan Gath in disguise. What? Which is a Kulan Gath move. Yep. And meanwhile, Heather, Beak, and Magic have been locked into the room where they have Morbius and Wendigo. We then flash back to Heather's world where she had been a researcher who was working to test gamma radiation and looking at a hole in the ozone. And instead, she ended up opening a portal to the Great Beasts of the North. Namely, Tanarak, who is the god of the Wendigos, who made her swear to a deal that she was going to forget about, where it's basically, I'm going to help you now, but sometime in the future, I get control over your body. And magic ends up curing Wendigo with her soul sword, as Heather is still trying to resist transforming. And Wendigo turns into a big, studly lumberjack. Hi, James. And so Zarathos ends up killing Werewolf by Night, and Morbius ends up biting magic, so Heather transforms, but this time it's not into the giant white Sasquatch, 
but it is the actual physical form of Tanarak, the god, who is more of a unfriendly version of the normal orange Sasquatch. Yes. And he just crushes Morbius. He stomps down Zarathos. Like, they've suddenly gotten a level 20 character who's taking these, like, level 8 threats down instantly. Yep. And the rest of the team starts to flee. They end up meeting with Selene, who also wants to take down the magic, and Kulan Gath. And, like, Tanarak just bursts up through the floor fighting Kulan Gath. He asks them what the mission was again, and their mission was to place Kulan Gath back on his throne. And he just throws Kulan Gath, like, through the throne, essentially killing him and accomplishing their mission. And, and then Selene takes Kulan Gath's magic power and she becomes magical queen of the world. But she turns the world back to normal because she likes modern things, like being able to have sex with anyone she wants, that way she can absorb their magical essence. Mm-hmm. And, and apparently she is a big fan of the Knicks. Yeah, they just randomly teleport into the Knicks stadium. And, yeah, so the Exiles with Tanarak on the team teleport away with no sign of Heather Hudson. And that's where we end. Yep. Next time, dealing with that new team member who's way too strong. Yeah. Uh, But we have three universes to add on this week. We have the Cheese Danish World, an agent dreamed of, and because of what happened to Heather... We're going to be putting her onto the team as well. Or we'll, we'll be putting her world onto the team. Unless we did that already. Oh, no, we already did. I was going to say, I think we did with the whole Wolverine plotline. Okay. Well, I'm an idiot, so... I didn't plan that out well. Uh, I suppose we could update it if we feel like it needs updating. Oh, uh, yeah, we'll see how we feel about that later on. But first, we have the Cheese Danish World, Earth 26292. Where are you feeling about Cheese Danish World? I mean, from the sense of I like the issue, but I don't really know if that world needs mm-hmm. a super high place. Yeah. Uh, well, our current list is at 270, so that means that our dividing line is Groot Pool and the She-Hulk Mary and the Hulk married the She-Hulk for She-Hulky. So, is it around that territory? Yeah. Um, I like it a bit more than... I mean, I like it more, but... Yeah, like, not that much more. Okay, is it better or worse than What If Stan Lee Reads the What If Compi Special? Yeah, it's better than that. Okay, is it better than President Tony Stark? Mm. No. Okay. So that's easy enough for us. Our new number 130 is Earth 26292, the She's Danish World. And then we have An Age Undreamed Of, which is Earth 37072. I really like this issue, and I think the world was cool. Yep, world was very cool. So I'm going to be looking at, uh, like, top-tier territory. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, better or worse than Magic went into the ocean for ten minutes? Better. Better than... I look around, like, Gladiator Scrolls territory. Oh, jeez. 
Okay, is it better than Scrolldiators? I don't know, do you think so? Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say, I mean, I kind of feel like it is. I, um, hmm. Okay, I think I might put it right under Doctor Strange where a normal, or we're an ordinary magician. Yeah. Because right above that is what if Death's Head had lived, so. Our new number 24 is An Age Undreamed Of. Right under, Doctor Strange an Ordinary Magician, and above, What If Namor Didn't Like Water. So, we'll be back with the Exiles in another three weeks. But first, let's find out where you can find us. Devin, where can people find you? You can find me on the Twitter at FredoFett, F-R-E-D-D-O-F-E-T-T. And you can find me online at, at Coltreg, that's K-O-L-T-R-E-G. You can find more about the podcast, see the image galleries for the episodes, and a lot of other interesting stuff, like see a link to our Patreon page, nudge nudge, wink wink, uh, at multiversalq.com. Uh, you can message us on Twitter at, at multiversalq, which we do read those messages, and so if you've got nice things to say, that is awesome. Uh, next week we are... Oh, next week is going to be our... Easter role-playing game special. We have uh, changed up the list. That way we aren't doing quite as much work where we end up getting burned out and we can't do as many good episodes. Like here, this was a good episode. We got good banter going on. We enjoyed what we're talking about. And it's short. Yep. So we want to get you guys more quality episodes, which may mean doing a bit less episodes overall, but chances are we're going to be doing other stuff like otherworldly conversations or stuff that ties into movies and like TV shows so I think we're going to be safe well, speaking of tying into movies guess who won advanced screening passes for Monday for Batman vs. Soups this guy me? no I don't think so Oh, okay. well you could have I suppose no I didn't, I didn't. yeah I'm I'm going to end up seeing that, but I don't think I'm going to enjoy it that much. I'm pleased because I get to see the movie, but not contribute to its overall box office gross. Yeah, well, Shannon and I are going to be doing a special for that movie when it comes out, so... Fun. Have fun with that. <laughs> that movie looks bad. Yep. Well, thank you for ending us on that dour note, Devin. Yep. We'll see you next week when we roll the dice. <laughs>